Hey, how are you doing? My name is Dean Dwyer, and you are listening to The Psychology of Weight Loss. It's a show where we talk about the habits, mindsets, and systems that allow us to lose weight, look great, and feel remarkable. And I want to try something a little bit different today on today's show is... First of all, I have mentioned before that the podcast for me provides tremendous resistance. And resistance is something that we experience on this weight loss journey. And part of our responsibility, I'm not sure that's necessarily the right word, but is to figure out how to get around, how to work around resistance. So we do the things that we know are important um, on a daily basis. And so the podcast for me is it mirrors my my weight loss journey is that again it's like how do i figure out how to do hard things so that i show up every day and i really love doing these hard things so i said the podcast is hard for me mostly because i make it hard i make it hard because of i'm not thinking about it correctly so i wanted to try something a little bit different today because essentially what happens for a podcast episode is i sit down and go huh what do i want to talk about and I find that uh, that's hard. <laughs> it's hard for me because I've got a gazillion things I want to talk about. And then I'm like, okay, what am I going to, you know, what am, what's the one thing I'm going to talk about this week? And then it's like, okay, what am I going to talk about within this, this, you know, this particular topic? All of that to me, it provides a tremendous amount of resistance. So one of the ways and one of the experiments I'm going to try is that I have actually taken no notes for this podcast episode. I much prefer an improv type show where I will talk off the cuff. I want it to be very real. So rather than having a bunch of notes and scripted and everything else, and there's a place for that, but I want this for me, I want this to be an improv show because I'm actually good at that. I'm great at sort of sitting down and just riffing on an idea. Uh, you know, it's one of the things that makes me really effective as a weight loss coach is that I use an app called Voxer and I send my clients audio messages. And I'm really great at sort of breaking down something that they're struggling with or something they're doing really well and riffing on why they, you know, suggestions about how to improve or just reinforcement of these great things that they're doing. Like that comes very naturally to me. And yet, I don't take advantage of that on the podcast. I try to do something very different. So today, I'm going to run. I'm going to run an experiment. And what I'm going to do is, I'm actually going to talk about ten ideas that I have jotted down in my journal. So I'm going to I'm going to basically open up my journal. And what I'm going to do is, I'm just going to turn the pages. I'm going to read to you what I wrote. And then I'm just going to riff on on what I'm thinking about that and how I'm planning on potentially using that in the future. Some of the ideas I will use, some of them, you know, won't I won't won't be used at all, and others will sort of evolve. Like I will write them down, and then it's an idea that I come back to later on, where it's like, oh yeah, I wrote about this before, or I see how this idea connects to this idea, and so they they open up opportunities for me. On the, not just my weight loss journey, but again, I, I, this is all about focusing on principles. And so the principles apply to all the other areas of my life. So I am just going to go through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read um, a thought that I had. And then I'm just going to riff on what I was thinking about it and what comes to mind. 
until I get to 10. So we'll see how long this show is. I, I don't think it's going to be particularly long. As I said, I'm not looking at, uh, you know, going on and on and on and on. But I, but I really want to demonstrate is the thinking. Because I said, this is called the psychology of weight loss. And my success is because I've changed how I think. And the way that I think about this, this is not one of my notes, by the way, but the way that I think about this is, is sort of my mindset model. When we change what we think, we change how we behave. And when we change how we behave, we change the outcomes we produce. And if you want to extend that even further, when we start changing the outcomes that we produce, we change who and what we start attracting into our life. But at, at the foundation of all change is that first and foremost, there has to be a change in thinking. If we do not change our thinking, then what, ulti- then what we're using is force. We're using force to change behavior and force is not sustainable long term. And that to me is, explains exactly why people lose weight and put it all back on again. Because they never actually changed their thinking around the issue that they're struggling with. Is they just use force and force burns us out long term. And I've used force many a time, my friend, many a time on this journey. And I always got short-term success, never able to sustain it until I finally started connecting some of the dots. All right, enough of the backstory. Let's go to, let's drop down these reading glasses. So the first thing, or, or I'm sort of, I'm working backwards. So the, the most recent note that I put down here is work hard to lose weight. Work harder to keep it off. So this is something that I have discovered on my journey. I've talked about it before. I've also called it the long tail of weight loss success. Is There are really two parts to the weight loss journey. And, and I didn't discover this until this most, recent, um, this most recent iteration, which was three and a half years ago, is that I used to think what I had, the, the, the key to success was losing weight. And losing weight is hard. You know what's harder, exponentially harder? Keeping it off. That you have to work hard to lose weight. You have to work even harder to keep it off. And I know that sounds crazy, right? It's actually the opposite. People, we talk about this idea that sort of sex, I did this last time, another show I was trying to say, success. Success attracts success. Uh, no, not necessarily. I, actually, I think it's the opposite. I think that, um, again, there's this assumption that once we succeed, we will just continue to succeed. And that is not the case at all. And the reason that there are two parts to the journey and why the second part is exponentially harder is because once you lose weight... So for example, when I was on my weight loss journey, I just went back and looked at my, I looked at my spreadsheet today um, that goes all the way back to when I first started tracking my weight. And um, I could see how much weight I, uh, on average, what I was losing each week. I lost weight every week for the first six, seven months. Every week, my weight dropped at least a pound every single week. Um, and then when I got to what I ultimately decided was my, uh, was my ideal body weight, um, I thought I was done. I thought, okay, I, like I, I, now I'm just going to, then we, we, sort of, we sort of say, oh, well, I'm just going to sustain it. You know why sustaining is so hard? Because on the weight loss journey, the reward is we get on the scale and the number goes down. Every day, or, or not every day, but over the course of time, 
our, our weight trends downward. But once you get to your ideal body weight, it flattens out. That's the long tail. And that, like the motivation changes. It's very different when you get on the scale every day now and the weight is either the same or it goes up a pound or two or goes down a pound or two, but you stay in this sort of this same range. And that's hard. That's hard to, to, to get on a scale and not get rewarded for your efforts anymore. And that's where, that's the tricky part because people don't know how to negotiate that. And the way that, the, what I've ultimately figured out is that once you lose all the weight you're looking to lose, then we need to change our goals in terms of what it is that we're now going to focus on. So in my case, it went from, the first part was I just want to lose weight to now it's about mastery. It's about like, okay, I've lost the weight portion of it. Now I want to change what my body looks like and I want to change what it can do. And so now I've got a completely different set of goals. I'm looking at strength goals. I'm looking at at actual appearance goals in terms of like muscle separation, all those sorts of things. Uh, which requires tweaking in my diet and stuff like that. But that that's that's the thing that I keep reminding myself of. And the thing now that I think allows me to bring great value as a coach is helping people understand, like, listen, most most of us think we're done once we lose the weight. That's just the first part. And so coaching them through that second part, the long tail part of weight loss. So that was the first thing I wrote down. Let's flip this over here for a second. Oh, by the way, let me tell you how I'm journaling now. I, I just switched this up about four months ago. I bought a journal that's three by five inches, something that fits in my pocket. And I only put one idea per page. I capture it in as few words as possible, but it's just a single idea per page that I just sort of flip through. Some ideas are, you know, in the moment, they seem like, oh, it's a great idea. And I come back to it and I look at it later. I'm like, yeah, that really wasn't anything. Other ideas, as I mentioned, are like, it's like, oh, that connects to this, which connects to this. And so each page, a single idea. So here's idea. Here's here's something else that I put down in my journal. Think hard so you can do hard things. And again, what a lot of us don't realize on this weight loss journey is that what we think we have is a doing problem. Right. If I just do the right things, that magic will happen and all my problems will disappear. What we actually have is a thinking problem. And I was thinking specifically, I was thinking about um, something that I'm doing right now that's really hard. So I, I shared on Instagram last week and I put it in a couple of newsletters that I was, I've been practicing an L-sit. And an L-sit is just what it means. You're sitting in an L, your feet are off the floor, legs are straight out, and if you're doing it correctly, then your, 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 your body and your legs are at a 90-degree angle. That move is hard to do. Like, it's really hard. And I am only holding it for 30 seconds. And I shouldn't say only because that is significant. I remember when I first tried doing this, I could only hold it for about 10 seconds at best. So I have worked my way up to 30. But 30 is hard. Like I am shaking like crazy at the end. And because it's so hard, I don't want to do it. So one of the things that I have learned on this journey is that I have to do some really hard thinking about how to fall in love with doing these hard things. At this point in time with the LSIT, I haven't figured out how to think about it yet. 
And what I've also uncovered is I just, it's only, it only takes one thought. It takes one thought that will change how I think about certain things so that I fall in love with doing those hard things. So a couple of the thoughts I have around it right now that are good thoughts, but, but I know it's not, the, it's not the key thought. It's not the big domino thought that's going to get me to show up every day to, to do this thing is that when I do an L-sit, I'm actually, I'm actually, it's four exercises in one. I'm working my shoulders, my triceps. Actually, it's five in one. I'm working shoulders, uh, triceps, uh, core. I don't know why I'm stumbling over this. Chest and legs. So it's really, it's a five in one, which I love. I love exercises like that where I get far greater bang for my buck. But that in and of itself doesn't motivate me to do that. Um, I was reading something about Chris Bosh, uh, NBA, former NBA basketball player who's now in the Hall of Fame, played for Toronto and uh, retired with Miami. But he talked about when he's doing hard things, what he thinks about is uh, what, um, like who would have quit already on this? And I thought, well, that's really interesting, but that doesn't work for me either. That, that, that thought isn't going to work. But the fact that that's the thinking that he uses to motivate himself to do hard things is the key lesson there. So I still haven't figured out how to think about it yet. But I just wrote that reminder down that in order to be able to do hard things, we have to think hard about what's, going, what's the mindset we're going to use that's going to allow us to do those hard things. By the way, I see that I'm already at the 13-minute mark and I've only talked about two things. So I am only going to talk about five. I, I, I think that that's, 10 would turn this into like a two-hour podcast. Uh, okay, that one actually, I, I'll just tell you what I wrote here, but I'm not going to go into this because this is actually with a client of mine. I have a client uh, slash friend who has lost 100 pounds. And I want him, one of the things I want to encourage him to do is I really believe that he should write a book. Because there are lots of people out there who uh, have at least 100 pounds to lose. And he's done it reasonably. Again, this is, you know, he is, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a, <laughs> can't talk. He's a father of two. He is a husband. He, he works. He's like, he, he's living a full life. And so he's, he's doing these reasonable things um, that have allowed him to create extraordinary results. And I know that his, he's got this engineering mind and the way that he thinks about things. He would bring great value um, to a whole segment of the population and provide great hope for people who think like it's impossible to lose 100 pounds. So, um, and I just, what I did is I sketched out the book title for him. I want to create the vision. So I gave him a title and a subtitle put his name at the bottom of the book and then at the top I put New York Times bestseller. I just want again to plant the seed. But anyway, I'm not that's that was just something for something else. Um idea number 3 that I wrote down. Invest in habits that are less vulnerable to disruption. So this is a, an investing idea actually is um I said, I get a lot of my ideas because I read a lot about investors and I believe that weight loss and investing, um, the psychological journey is very similar for both. And so I take a lot of those ideas and then I, 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 I adapt them or yeah, I adapt them for um, my weight loss journey. So when I'm 
I've talked about this before. I think this is one of the, sort of the best ideas that I've had, which is um, design a program that works on your worst day. That's what this means. Like, is we want to invest in habits that are not going to be impacted by the chaos that you experience on a day-to-day basis. That it, it should somehow, it, it, it has to work. Whatever you're doing needs to work on your worst day. So I really focus on simplicity, which is why, for example, like I don't have, I eat in templates, right? So every meal has a specific template. So it doesn't matter where I am. All I need to do is, is to uh, fulfill the template that I'm, I'm looking to eat. It doesn't matter where I'm at, whether I'm at McDonald's, which I wouldn't be at uh, unless I absolutely had to be, or I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in an airport, anywhere. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Um, that my eating template works, and so it's it's what I used to do is I would in, I would invest in extreme solutions. Those do not work. Like th- those are vulnerable because again, extreme only works if you make the assumption that every day is an amazing day. Well, I don't know about you, but um, not every day is an amazing day. There's always unexpected stuff that comes up. I think I've shared this story, but. When I was home a few months ago, I'd take my dad to the hospital. He was just having some issues with his eyes. And uh, I had to leave just as I was getting ready to eat my first meal of the day. So I had to navigate the next five hours having not, not eaten yet. And I was easily able to do it. And that's the whole point of my program. It has to work under the most uncertain of conditions. doesn't mean I'm going to have 100% success, but I'm going to be in the ballpark to keep myself where I want to be. So that was my thinking on that one. Number, uh, idea number four. I've talked about this before too, and this is just a reminder to myself. Behavior is contagious. Surround yourself with people who have the the desired behaviors you seek. So I'll tell you why I know behavior is contagious. Because... I, I, I actually first noticed this in teenagers. When you watch teens that hang out together, there's always, there are, there are commonalities to the people they hang out with. Uh, usually they all look the same. Uh, people of color, doesn't matter what color you are, but people of color hang out together. Uh, people who speak the same language hang out together. Um, I also noticed that they dress the same like they ha- they, and they speak the same. And, and they do the same kinds of things, like smokers hang out with smokers and drinkers hang out with drinkers. And, um, uh, you, you know, like, it, 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 there's all, again, it extends, it extends, you know, all over the place. But behavior is contagious. And so understanding that is then you want to, you want to choose carefully who you're going to surround yourself with. And there's different ways to surround yourself with people, right? You can immerse yourself in their presence, if, if they're somebody that you know. Uh, but if you don't know them personally, you can read their writing. You can listen to their podcasts. You can um, follow their investment letters. Whoever they are, there are lots of ways for you to surround yourself with the people who are getting the kinds of results that you want. So for example, uh, this is my this is my way of helping make my behavior and my thinking contagious is by sharing it on a podcast so that you can hear it and you can steal it. So 
um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big, big part of behavior change is beginning to surround yourself with people who have the results you want. Listen to how they speak, watch what they do, how they think, and start copying it. And you will be amazed how quickly you're going to begin to turn things around. And I think this is idea number five. See, I don't even know how many ideas I've talked about. Uh, let's see, what, what's this one say? Um, how, uh, okay, now, actually, you know what? That one's not, uh, that's not full-fledged yet. Uh, let's see, don't save what is left. Of, oh, okay, that's a good quote, but I, I again, I'm not not ready yet to, uh... oh, okay, here's, here's one. It's kind of half-baked, but um, I wrote this one this morning. It's what I'm calling the law of goal setting. And I can't read my writing on this one. But um, when we, when I'll paraphrase what I'm thinking about here. So that with the law of goal setting is when we focus solely on an outcome, what typically happens is the moment that we achieve that outcome is we stop doing the things that allowed us to achieve the outcome. So when we are outcome focused, then we will do whatever it is we have to do to get to the outcome. The problem is that that usually means that people are investing in extreme solutions that are not sustainable long term. So what I'm thinking of instead of goal setting, so rather than like I want to lose 25 pounds, what I'm focusing on is, and what I actually did focus on, I didn't have this languaging at the time, but I was actually habit setting. So the way I thought about it, and this was, this was one of my takeaways from 53 years of failure, is I thought, I already know how this is going to play. If I do the same thing I did before, I already know how this ends, and it ends badly for me. So rather than goal setting, I was habit setting, which was I invested in only essential habits, not a thousand habits. I focused on 10, 10 things that I felt like if I do these things, if I show up every day and do these things that it skews the odds of weight loss success in my favor. Now, when I started, I'm, I did, I, I don't know if I'd call it a goal, but I was 195 and I thought, man, I thought happiness would happen if I got to 170. I thought if I could lose 25 pounds, like, like the birds would be singing, you know, like it would be unicorns would show up. Like I thought that's, that's it. So I did have a number in mind. Like I, if, if you're overweight, then you know you have weight to lose. So there's nothing wrong with thinking like, yeah, I think, I think 170 is sort of the magic number. But the way that I focused on it was I wasn't chasing weight loss. I wasn't chasing 170. I thought what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on the habits that I believe are going to skew weight loss success in my favor. And then I'm going to start measuring. Every day I'm going to weigh myself. I'm going to log my foods and I'm going to start collecting data. And if I'm doing the right things, what should happen is I should see my weight going down over time. And that's exactly what happened. And so I focused on the process as opposed to the proceeds. This was a a quote that I heard from Warren Buffett. Actually, I did write this down. Let me, uh, I, I did sort of jump over it. Um, I paraphrase what Buffett said, but enjoy the process more than the proceeds. So for me, that's habit setting. Let's just focus on the habits that first and foremost, I believe 
will skew the odds of weight loss success in my favor. And then by measuring them and tracking them long term, then I went from believing to knowing. It's like, no, I know I have the actual evidence to know that these work. And so I just kept doing them. And then I got to 170 and guess what happened? I didn't look or feel the way I thought I would look or feel. But here's the great thing about, I'm talking too much now. Here's the good thing about um, habit setting versus goal setting was that I thought, first of all, I'm not doing anything extreme because I was thinking whatever I'm doing, I need to be doing tomorrow. I need to be doing a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, five years from now. So I thought nothing's going to change. I'm not doing anything extreme. So the great thing is, I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm just going to keep doing those habits and let's just see where it takes me. And it took me all the way down to 150.4 pounds. So I went from what I thought was my goal of 170 and I actually got to 150. And I did that not by goal setting, but by habit setting. With the mindset again being, if I focus on the habits that skew the, the odds of weight loss success in my favor, and this is why I collect data, because you, you, you need proof that it's working, which is why I get on the scale every day. So the number on the scale told me whether or not I was trending in the right direction. And the longer that that cons- persisted, then the more, um, the more knowing that I had of like, no, no, these actually work. And I just need to keep showing up and doing them. So by focusing on habit setting versus um, goal setting, I've actually been able to sustain um, these these outcomes I've produced long term. Because you because once I did get to it, I didn't stop I, I, because I wasn't doing anything extreme. I didn't stop doing the things that I was doing. Right. So another that's another one of the takeaways and another one of my big ideas on my journey was like stop stopping. Figure out something that's reasonable to do that works and just keep doing it. So that's my thinking is that rather than talking to people about goal setting is you figure out like, okay, like like you pick an area of your life, whether it's weight or finances or relationship or whatever it happens to be. And you, you decide what the outcome is going to look like. Like, I, like if I'm doing this right, this is what I think should happen. And then rather than just focusing on that outcome, it's like then you say, okay, this is what I want to have happen. What are the behaviors slash habits I need to do every day to skew the odds of that happening? And then you need a way to measure it so you know whether or not it's working or not. But you focus on the habits. And if they're getting results, once you get to that desired destination, you just keep doing them. And, and that's the difference between habit setting and goal setting. Um, goal setting, we tend to focus on extremes and those are not sustainable long-term. When we focus on habit setting with the idea of like essential habits that are going to last years and decades, um, that's where the magic happens. So those were five ideas that I was thinking about. Actually, those are five ideas I was thinking about today. (laughs) I didn't even get to any of the other ideas. So um, what's your takeaway? First of all, Pretty clunky episode, but I'm keeping it. I'm going to send it as it is. And I'm going to play with this. So what I'm going to do next week is I'm going to mark off um, today as sort of like this was the end of this week. What I'm going to do next week is I am going to pick my five best ideas that I'm going to talk about. 
And then, but again, I want to keep it an improv show. I'm not going to script it all out. I want you to hear how I think, and I think you get more value. Even though this is awkward and I stumbled over a bunch of things, you get more value hearing how I actually think. Um, because this is how I think. This is this is what goes through my head. Um, and again, why I write down what I write down. I think you're going to get more value from that than me scripting out something that you know where I sound like uh, either a robot or uh, AI. That is it, my friend. So um, hopefully there is some value in that. What I always strongly suggest people do is is uh, take the ideas, anything that really resonates, steal it, and and figure out a way to copy it and then customize it for yourself. And if there'll be other ideas where you kind of go like, eh, and to those where you kind of go, ah, eh, intriguing, but doesn't resonate right now, just put a pin in those. Put a pin in those. I remember when I was... Um, when I was in uh, teacher's college, one of the guys, best course I ever took, philosophy of education, and the teacher said on the first day, he said, some of the things I'm going to talk about to you today or in this course are not going to resonate with you right now, but they will a couple of years from now where you're going to go, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I see what he means. It's the same thing with some of my stuff. It's not going to resonate with you right now, but it may a month from now, six months from now, maybe even five years from now, you're going to go, ah, you know what? That crazy Canadian guy, now I know what he was talking about. That is it, my friend. Uh, Today is the 21st. This is coming out, though, on the 22nd. Uh, The holidays are coming up. Whether you, I don't know if you celebrate Christmas or not, uh, but whatever you do for the holidays uh, or not, non-holidays, whatever it is, got to try and get everybody in there. Enjoy. Enjoy your 25th of December, whatever that day is for you. Enjoy that. And I'll be back before the new year. All right, my friend. Have a great day. Ciao.